Hi, this is Asaf, one of the producers of Unsettled. It's been five years since we started this podcast. This fall, our team has been reflecting on what we've made so far, and we've been planning for the future. To help us shape those plans, we've created a quick survey for you, our listeners. It should only take about five to ten minutes to complete, but it will be a huge help. Check out our show notes for the link. We wanted to close out this year by diving into the Unsettled archive, looking back on the stories, topics, and guests who have shared their stories with us. So, each of our producers chose one of their favorite episodes of Unsettled to share again with you all. It was difficult for each of us to choose just one, and we each made our selection for different reasons. This week is my pick, and I've selected Politicized Pain. This episode is a personal milestone for me. It's kind of more like a friend therapy session with Ilana, more than anything else. We recorded it in May 2021, during an escalation in violence in Palestine. At that time, Israeli forces killed more than 250 Palestinians, mostly in Gaza, and rockets from Gaza rained on Israeli cities, killing some Israelis as well, a much smaller number, less than 20. Like always, the casualties of the so-called conflict were completely disproportionate which was a hard thing to contend with when my own family had to run to shelters under rocket fire. It was especially hard because I felt like no one really knows how to talk about the pain and the trauma that Israelis suffered during times like this, and really in general. I mean, the Israeli government and its supporters know exactly how to talk about it. They center it above all else and use it to justify violence against Palestinians. But if we don't want to play into this Israeli propaganda, well, how do we talk about Israeli pain? To answer that, I had to connect to my own pain, including pain that I didn't even really acknowledge before. And I think through this conversation with Ilana, I was able to investigate it and channel it into an analysis and an accusation. So here's the episode, Politicized Pain, which was originally released on May 21st, 2021. Watching the violence unfold in Israel-Palestine from afar brings up a lot of emotions, and we all respond differently to them. For me, I make this podcast you're listening to, but I also argue with people in Facebook comments. It's probably not healthy, but so be it. But as I go back and forth with people who feel differently than I do, I've noticed a common thread in these debates. Bringing up Palestinian suffering or fears or pain is automatically met with an assertion of Israeli pain as though what Israelis are going through right now somehow cancels out or maybe even justifies what's happening to Palestinians. It's almost like compassion has become a commodity, and a scarce one at that. So how do we grieve publicly without negating the experience of the quote-unquote other side? I'm Alana Levinson, and you're listening to Unsettled. I've been talking about what's been happening a lot over the past week with my fellow Unsettled producer, Asaf Calderon. And in these conversations, we've also started reflecting on how Asaf relates to his upbringing in Israel. For those who don't know us, I'm an American Jew raised outside Philadelphia. And Asaf is an Israeli Jewish activist and social worker who moved to the United States in 2016. What you're about to hear isn't an expert interview. It's a conversation between two friends. 
Asaf, what's it like to be an Israeli person in America right now? It's 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 really it's really weird. It's really strange, and I mean, you know, it's it's been it's been almost a week of this already, I think, right? Um, and at the beginning, when it just started, I was sort of going, I was going crazy. I was surprised by how crazy I was feeling. Um, I used to live in Tel Aviv, and I uh, I've been through two of these. Um, like missile attacks on Tel Aviv, um, and so it was about 2012, 2014. Um, and when I was there, it just sort of like, I mean, you don't accept it. I didn't accept it. I protested against it. But I also, the, the, just the sheer volume of the absurd, of the, of the insanity, just like didn't get to me emotionally as much as it is now. Like, it's it made me it made me rethink all of my own experience in Israel because just being here in a safe place when when, when this is happening over there it sheds it sheds a whole new light on my entire life before I, I'm discovering new things about myself and about my relationship to to Israel. Um, because when, when you're there, you, you just like, you have to dissociate and now I don't have to do that. So I get to feel the entire like range of my emotions. Um, and I like never lived outside of, of Israel before I came here in, in 2016. And so this was the only home that I knew, um, was Israel and more specifically it was Tel Aviv. I sort of felt like it was my safe zone. And now I look back at it and I'm like, it was so crazy that I thought that. I was talking about it with my therapist and without even thinking about it, the thing that came out of my mouth was that like, I feel like I have escaped hell. That I am now only starting to realize just how much it was hell. So can you talk about what a typical day looks like when Israel and Hamas are are in the midst of this kind of fighting? So, I mean, first of all, I would say like it, it my experience was so mild, like compared to, um, obviously compared to people in Gaza, but also compared to um, Israelis that are living like close by to Gaza. Um, you sort of go about your day and then there is these alarms that go off and it can catch you at work and it can catch you at home um, and you go um, to the stairwell because that's that's just like the instructions. It's like you have to like get as far furthest away from external walls and windows because that's the thing about these um, Hamas missiles. They're such um, weak missiles that uh, if they hit your wall they're most likely they're going to like you know they might break your wall they might go through that wall but probably not much further than that and they're definitely not going to take down your your building um so if you're in the stairwell you're likely going to be safe or at least safer um and, and like newer buildings in israel all new buildings 
uh, the apartments have a bomb shelter basically like one of your uh, rooms in the apartment usually it's like a storage room or um, it can even be like a, even a bigger room like one of the children's rooms or something like that um, is a bomb shelter so the walls are like fortified with steel or whatever and uh, the um, the window is this like hatch thing I used to live in a bomb shelter for a while <laughs> I wanted to pay less rent than where I lived with other people and I was like I'm just gonna live in a bomb shelter um, <laughs> and, um, and and you don't think about it um, it's just life uh, the buildings are bomb shelters and uh, the word that we use for uh, basement, like there's a Hebrew word for basement. The Hebrew word for basement is martef. But uh, many people will just say miklat, which means shelter, uh, because it's so obvious that you use your basement as a, as a bomb shelter. And the, the, the odds of anything hitting you are extremely, extremely low. So you, it's, it's almost ritualized. You sort of like go to the stairwell and you meet your neighbors there, and um, it's just this sort of like, it's just this like surreal experience. Um, and then you hear a boom, and then you just, you go back to whatever it is you were doing. And that's just this like sort of like surreal ceremony of it. But then all the, all the while, you know that the IDF is heavily bombing Gaza and people are dying. And... And also in other parts of, of Israel, so like by Gaza, like in, in Sderot, and in um, these other towns that are close to Gaza, uh, the danger is much more real. That there's, there's so many missiles that they will pretty much have to be in the, in the, in the bomb shelters all day long. And Israelis die. Usually Israelis die. You hear about, about people dying, and the, the news sort of talks about them each as, as a person, um, and they tell you something about them, not just how old they were and what their name is. Sometimes the news say how many Palestinians were killed, but not always you have to sort of Google it. It's just this like endless sort of list of names of children and women and men and they have no faces, you don't like so you don't know anything about them, you just know that they're dying. And 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 then it ends and you're like why why does it end now? Like, why didn't we end it yesterday? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's what it is. You and I have been talking a lot and struggling together with this concept of politicized pain. Yes. <laughs> which is a concept that I can't stop thinking about. And I can't stop thinking about it because I grew up with this conversation and this narrative about how how difficult it is to be an Israeli because of the reality that you're you're describing and the response the the conclusion of of these stories about how horrifying it is to to have to have your basement be a bomb shelter the conclusion is always aren't Palestinian people awful and it's terrible that we have to kill them but we have to kill them and 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 they have to die for us to be safe. And so now what I'm noticing is that whenever people talk about Israeli pain, my association is unfortunately with demonizing Palestinians and with justifying Palestinian pain. And 
I, I don't, I don't want that to be my association with Israeli pain. I want my association with Israeli pain to only be compassion. And I, I, I want to know how to maintain my humanity through all of this. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, the pain is very real. Like the pain is so real. And I'm even sometimes struggling with like sort of um, comparing the pain because I sort of go back and forth, um, honestly. Like, I'm like, well, the Palestinians, like, they suffer so much more, um, which is definitely true. We sit in bomb shelters and we uh, send our kids to the army and we, we, we fucking, we suffer. Um, and it's, it's no way to live and it's insane. But we don't face the same, like, existential horror that Palestinians are experiencing, especially in Gaza, but not only. Um, we don't face this same like helplessness that Palestinians um, are experiencing when they um, they just like they don't have control over over their own lives in in a way that is unfathomable to us. And and, and you know and, and like the endless accumulations of the occupation, like we, we don't we don't we don't even know, like we don't go through that at all. But 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 we suffer. And, and and the thing about pain, the thing about suffering is that it's unquantifiable. Like you can't quantify it, you can't count it, um, but but you can't compare it. And and it's incomparable. Palestinian pain and Israeli pain are, are incomparable because the um, the power difference is just so great. You know, all of that is to say, like it, it makes it really hard to talk about Israeli pain because it's sort of incomparable to Palestinian pain, and you want to center Palestinian pain because it's so important. I mean, it's it's so important, I think, to center Palestinian pain because it's it's just it's ignored. Like it's ignored in Israel and it's it's ignored in the, in the United States. Like nobody's it's just like no, nobody's talking about it. Um, and 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 like you just sometimes you get these like numbers, but. You, you don't get the stories and you don't get the um, the faces and you don't get to, to actually experience and, and empathize with people's actual pain um, and that's what it means to be colonized to be to be to be occupied is, is, is you, you, you're dehumanized and so your pain is also dehumanized it's so important to talk about Palestinian pain um, then how do we talk about Israeli pain and how, how do we talk about Israeli pain without taking space? from Palestinian pain. That's 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 one difficulty. And, and the other difficulty is is how do we talk about Israeli pain without um, playing into 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 the Hasbara of uh, the Israeli regime? How do we talk about Israeli pain without it serving the regime? Right, because you know you you and I are, are people with extensive experience with therapy and and to me when I hear people talk about comparing pain, my first instinct is like, that's not useful. It's not useful to talk about uh, uh, comparing two people's experiences of pain. The only way to address pain is compassion and, and to give space to it. And yet the pain of both Palestinians and Israelis is used as a tool and it's, and it's, it's very public. This pain is extremely public in, in a way that if you, if you, if you show compassion publicly 
then you're speaking politically. Right. And, and I mean, but I mean, I don't know about you, but like for me at least, like it, it's so hard to even access these, these feelings of compassion. Um, or at least it was hard for, for a very long time. I think part of why it, it's so hard for me to, to access these feelings of, of compassion is that um, just like being in Israel doing these uh, escalations, um, doing these like bombings of Gaza is is terrible for another reason, which is that so many people are so full of hate. I mean, I just don't have another way to put it. It's like they're so full of, of hate and so many people support these, these bombings out of just like pure revenge and sometimes even just like pure like genocidal like ideology some people want to make them suffer because they deserve it some people just want to kill all of them some people would say that like that's the only way that they understand Um, there's just like there's so much of these violence it's not just in the regime it's 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 in people's hearts Um, and i'm not saying everyone is like that but it's so prominent. Yeah, and 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 I think the people you you're talking about who are genocidal are also talking about pain. You know, they're 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 only talking about Israeli pain, but they're no less correct that that that's bad. And the pain is also real. The pain is also real. Um, but it's but it's it's so hard for me to feel empathy for them. And I'm not even saying that like all Israelis are like that. I'm not trying to like demonize Israelis, uh, um, but it's like even the Israelis who are not genocidal um, generally support these bombings. So I think the bottom line is like Israelis as a people, we don't just support the regime. Um, we are um, we are we, we are holding the regime. We're the regime. I mean. I, I think that like one thing that I've been really struggling in order to in order to feel this empathy um, this past week, I have done this sort of like logical step of separating us Israelis from the regime, being like um, there is Israel and then there are the Israelis, and Israel is screwing us over like. The, the 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 Israeli regime, the, the the Israeli state, is like fucking over the Israeli people, and that is true. I still think that's true. But I think one thing that I have moved from is trying to say that um, is trying to 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 see these things as separate, um, as in like we are not the regime's pawns. I mean, that would be easier. It would be easier to um, imagine us as the regime's pawns. When I'm saying that the regime is screwing us over, what I'm actually saying is that we are screwing ourselves over. It's it's sort of hard for me to put into words like I think how much like being Israeli is associated with the state of Israel. I think one thing that is so central to, to being Israeli above all else is serving in the military. And when I was uh, going up and I was a teenager and I was um, sort of considering if I should go serve in the military or not uh, there was this campaign that was saying um, a true Israeli 
doesn't dodge the draft. And so I, I, I internalized that and I sort of like came to the conclusion that like I'm not really a true Israeli if I'm not serving the military. And I, and I didn't serve in the military. I, I, I eventually chose not to serve in the military. And I, and I really sort of internalized that. Um, and in a way, I don't think that, uh, I don't think it's wrong. Like I think being Israeli the way that Israel is now, it means being a soldier. Even if you are not literally a soldier, you have this like duty to defend Israel. Even if it's like, if it means like defending it like on Twitter. But I mean, the, the way that we got to, to this place of talking about what a true Israeli means is, um, is, is because we were talking about how to sort of separate defending an Israeli person's right to live and to live without having to, to have your basement be a bomb shelter, without having to, to, to run from rockets, separating that from defending Israel's right to do whatever it wants. And so what, is, what does that say? What does your analysis about who is a true Israeli say about that um, system? I think all, all of that is to say that, like, it, it's really hard for me to feel that compassion when I know that, like, Israelis are choosing to sort of, like, uphold this regime. But, but I think we need to let ourselves feel that compassion, feel that pain, knowing that... I don't know, like... Well, it seems to me that, that it's the dichotomy that allows for the public conversation about pain to be such that if you show compassion for one quote-unquote side, Israelis or Palestinians, then you are defending the choices of, of that side's military. Right, absolutely. I mean, I think that like we, we really need to stop doing that and we need to stop like buying that. I think it's not only important that, that we um, let ourselves uh, feel this compassion uh, because it's real. Um, I think it's also important to politicize it. Like I do think that it makes sense to politicize pain. Um, I, I think it's important to politicize pain because it's political. The pain is a result of uh, political choices made by uh, the Israeli regime. By, and, and, and so by extension, by, by the Israeli people. It's, it's choices that we make that are the uh, th- that causes this pain and that doesn't mean to i'm not saying that in order to sort of like it kind of sounds like you know like i, like I have no compassion because it's like well you know it's it, it's how i'm sort of like you know blaming us for like right you know, this like, is this is where i'm most challenged because because it honestly does remind me a little bit of the of, of the argument that people will make that Oh, it, it, it's so sad that that Palestinians are dying, but they're dying at the hands of their own government. Right, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it is kind of actually very similar. Um, but I, I think like the way that I approach it is not it's not to blame us. Like we're making shitty choices, and we're making shitty choices because we're hurt, because we've been hurt, because we've been hurt even before we got there. Like we we carry pain from from the pogroms, and 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 we carry pain from the Holocaust, and so we make shitty choices. Like we we make choices based on like knee jerk reactions to 
to trauma and we are re-traumatizing and re-traumatizing ourselves constantly and, and it's this like cycle and I'm not saying that to take away our responsibility for these choices because they are choices um, of course we are responsible but the fact that we are responsible it doesn't mean that like um, I, I, I have no compassion for us and I think part of why I'm, I'm really trying to speak in the us here by the way not in the them like I'm grandson of holocaust survivors and i am like i i don't know like i i've also been through these like like missile attacks and like i'm i'm fucking traumatized it's not like i'm not i'm not still probably making shitty choices because of that you know so it's not like it's not so much you made bad choices and so you deserve it it's you made bad choices you don't deserve it because no one deserves this and how are we helping you stop making bad choices? Or how are we making ourselves stop making bad choices? Right. And this is, I mean, it's it's interesting to to hear you navigate who you're speaking to. Because yeah. I feel like I'm navigating that all the time. I and and the truth is that you and I have different orientations. Yeah. I mean, you have a different orientation than than an Israeli person who was in the army. Even I mean, we all have have different um, different affiliations and um, and experiences. But the truth is that I'm not Israeli at all, <laughs> right? I'm I I'm I'm just not. And I honestly, when people say to me, "You have no idea what it's like. You don't live here." Yeah, I mean, yeah, like thank God we don't. Um, but. I mean, I think something that that's really important and is like always has to be said is that you don't need to know what it's like in order to know what's right. Um, there is it's 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 another it's another related manipulation to be like um, you don't experience this and therefore you don't know what's going on. But I mean, you know what's going on. You see the bombs falling. You know what's going on. And, and in many ways, because I'm Israeli, like it's, I think it's it's harder for me to feel this empathy than it is to some uh, of my American Jewish friends, uh, because you guys, you have been raised to. I mean, it's it's so weird, right? Because you've been raised to love us, you were raised to to adore us, you were raised to care about us, and and so and so I think it comes, it it probably comes so so natural um, to so many American Jews to feel compassion towards Israelis, um, and. And what I'm feeling is I'm looking at these people that I feel like have rejected me because I didn't serve in the army and because like I, I, I don't know, like I hold like beliefs that like they, you know, like most people don't accept. And, um, and, and there was a long time in my life, like, you know, years, I think when, when I was like, well, fuck all these people. And I mean, I'm not proud of that. It was immature and it was, it was bad and it was without any empathy and I, and I don't want to be like this anymore and I'm trying to like fight it so I mean I don't think we're here to fix this problem but <laughs> just in case we might <laughs> um, I mean what 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 does it look like I mean I I so I, I have this friend who, um, who I look up to and I admire. And he recently said to me, 
wasn't it? It just feels like there's a lack of of compassion for Israeli people who are going through what what we're going through. And yeah. that's I don't I don't want to have that impact on people. So what? Yeah. I mean, how 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 do I get my humanity back? Like, how do I how do I stop? How do I how do I get out of the the cycle where my my experience of distributing compassion is associated with a political affiliation? I think I think it starts. I think at least for me, I think it starts with like understanding that you can have compassion towards someone that is doing something really bad like you can you can you can have compassion to someone and criticize them you can have compassion to someone and be mad at them also at the same time but publicly I mean, that's, that's yeah, this yeah. conversation and, is ha- happening in the public sphere. Yeah, we need to find a way to, to be public about it. Like, I think, like, we need to find some way to, um, to really put it out there that every drop of Israeli blood that's spilled is preventable and that it is the responsibility um, of that it's our responsibility as 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 Israelis um, to prevent it, and it doesn't mean that it's not painful. On the contrary, the more I think about it, like the more I feel that just it being so preventable is making it even more painful. But it's just so mixed with anger that it's really hard to get to. But I think we must. Like I think we must get to the point where we can we can be angry at someone and still feel compassionate about them and 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 one thing that i think is that like i mean i'm just thinking about like how how so many people care about israelis and i think i think it's a problem if you if you care so much about israelis and you don't care about palestinians i think you should start caring about palestinians um but i don't think you should stop caring about israelis i think i think it's great that you care about israelis if you care about us so much Help us understand that we are harming ourselves. We're killing ourselves. We're just we're killing ourselves. Grieve that. Like, grieve that with me, you know? Grieve with me the, the pain of, of knowing that we are our own worst enemy. And, the, and how tragic it is and then fight it that's it whether this was your first time listening to Unsettled or you've been following from the start we want to thank you for listening to these stories and supporting our independent team. And as our team plans for the future, we'd love to learn more about our audience, which includes you. Help us shape Unsettled by filling out our audience survey, which is now on our website and at the link in our show notes. We'll be collecting answers through December 26th.